Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblio Escapes and Discussion. So today I've got the great pleasure of being joined by Utah-based photographer Eric Bennett. Good evening, good morning, Eric. Yeah, nice to meet you, Ewan. Thanks a lot for having me on. It's an, it's an absolute pleasure. So for those of you who aren't aware of Eric's work, um, he released his first book um, last year. It was uh, Conversations with Nature. Um, I'm delighted to have a copy of it. Um, and bef- but before we get into talking about his book, it would be great, Eric, if you could maybe give us an introduction to yourself, to your photography. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, I live in Utah and I've been here for the last almost 10 years now. And once I moved out here, I really got into being in the outdoors and going camping more and hiking because that's just kind of what you do out here. There's so much uh, nature and Utah is a a relatively big state, but the city itself is a very small portion of it. So we have lots of national parks, lots of wilderness. So as I started spending more time in these places, um, eventually a camera started coming along with me and I started paying more attention to the photographs that I was taking while I was spending time in these incredible places that I, uh, started forming a relationship with. And so just putting more and more thought into my photographs and into what I was capturing and trying to share with people, I, I realized that I could be trying to use my photography to not only, post beautiful pictures on Instagram and uh, just share them with people, but also to share the value that these places have and to, yeah, to try and use um, this talent or I guess this privilege that I have to spend so much time in these places and have the connection that I do with them to uh, inspire people to feel the same way about them. So my my main effort with photography is to work towards conservation and to uh, keep the last few wild places that we still have left protected and in their pure state. So, fantastic. That's pretty much what I do in a nutshell. Yep, sounds sounds absolutely fantastic. And as you say, you've got such a connection with with some of these locations, which for from looking through your book really comes across across very very clearly and you've got access to some absolutely stunning breathtakingly beautiful locations so i i i can see exactly why you want to return to these places time and time again and actually get more and more familiar with them and see how they react and see how they work each and every time you visit them yeah it's always a unique experience and that just it's just like when you hang out with a person the more time you spend with them the more you get to know them and the more your connection deepens and uh yeah, like every time I go back, even if it's the same place I've been to hundreds of times already, I notice something new and unique and different about it. And nature is just so complex. You can never take it all in in your first visit. So a big part of my photography focuses on that, returning to the places that I'm familiar with. And I used to be really focused on traveling all over the world, as you might have noticed in my first book. Uh, there's pictures from Patagonia, New Zealand, Australia, Iceland, and lots of stuff from the U.S. as well. But it was more, I was more focused on leaving the United States back then, where now I'm always trying to uh, 
I guess it's just, it's not hard to find an excuse now to not leave. And so I'm always <laughs> staying closer to home and yeah. taking photographs around here in the places that I just love and I never get tired of them. So I, I I've, uh, yeah, I I'm just I, focused more on having a deeper connection yeah, with, I, with certain places. I can see why you would never get tired of tire of them because they're, they're absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. And it's, uh, it's really, really nice to look through your work and just see how you've got such an intimate connection with these places. So obviously your, your first, your first book conversation or your book that you've just, you've brought out conversations with nature it's kind of split up into to the four sections. So was that something that you always had envisaged when you started working on the project or, or did it just seem a natural way to, to, to split it down? Yeah, it was more just um, when I kind of, I just kind of went through my whole body of work and picked out images that I thought were worthy of printing in a book. Yep. Um, since I obviously wasn't going to be able to fit my entire portfolio. So I had to <laughs> make some selections and curate yeah. a little bit. And then seeing all of those images next to each other, these themes started forming and I realized, okay, there's a significant amount of uh, forest images because I love trees. It's one of my favorite subjects to photograph. So that was like a no brainer that that needed to be its own section. And then definitely plenty of mountain photographs as well. And then um, I had a lot of desert photographs, but a lot of them um, were, you know, arid badlands and these very like desolate looking places. And then there is there were these other desert images that were more like riparian with more vegetation, more colorful. And so it just turned into these four sections of forests, mountains, deserts and canyons. And a lot of people might I think that deserts and canyons are kind of the same ecosystem because the canyons are in the desert, but yeah. really these canyons, they're so secluded and um, there's usually a lot more water in them than you would find in the rest of the desert that they have completely different vegetation, wildlife, you know, the flora and fauna can be completely different. So I felt like that could be its own section separate from deserts instead of clumping them together and uh, yeah. not being so, uh, so refined of a theme yeah yeah I, I think the four i think the four sections really works well i've i'd got the book i think just before christmas so i've managed to spend some time having a, a good look through it and i really like i really like the split between them and within each section i love the the both the the wide this more the, the wide vistas but also just the intimate shots as well and there's some beautiful pairings with with the different trees and i think it's yeah it's really been captured and photographed and the photographs are absolutely stunning breathtakingly beautiful and um, so I, I take my hat off to you and i can only imagine how difficult the selection it must have been to narrow it down to to the to 100 and however many images are in the book there's a it's it's an extensive a very extensive body of work but what i also like is i really enjoy your essays at the start of each section and i'm just interested how how important was it for you obviously conservation is conservation is a, re, a, a very key thing for you so how important was it for you to be able to get that message across to the the viewers yeah so writing kind of became a, a key part of my photography uh, once I started having more of a conservation mindset rather than just going places and taking cool photographs, you know, I had a message that I wanted to share with them as well about how these places are at risk of being lost forever because some people don't consider that. 
and they're not aware of the political issues or the plans that corporations have to um, pursue certain, you know, industries in these places like mining and drilling for the minerals beneath the soil. And uh, since I became aware of that, um, a, a lot of the relationship I have with nature, it's not only built from spending time in, you know, spending prolonged amounts of time in these places and going over and over again. But I also love reading. I'm an avid reader and I read a lot of biology and lots of uh, books that help me understand the more technical aspects of nature, how it works and everything, which I also find fascinating, like learning how these places that I visit were formed and being able to see something in nature and picture how it was created over eons. And so those are certain things like those technical things. Um, I feel like photography can be used to convey emotions. It can evoke uh, moods and things. It's very expressive in that sense. But when it comes to technical aspects of the subjects that you're photographing, I feel like words just do a really great job in being more succinct and explaining that uh, a bit more clearly. And so I started, you know, pairing more technical things about nature and my experiences with my photographs, which I felt just, you know, each one has its own purpose and together they, they can do something greater than one on its own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's when, when you begin to, when you begin to work through each chapter and you begin to look at the images, having read the essay as well, you, you take in a different, you take in a different perspective because there's, there's the knowledge and there's a bit more understanding in terms of the creation of it potential implications the impact what it holds for the future and i think i think it just gives you a different gives you a different perspective when you're looking through the images you're not just looking through a whole series of beautiful images you're looking through a whole series of beautiful images but with that aspect of conservation and and risks damage future in in the back of your mind as well and i think i think it works very powerfully and and very well yeah that's great to hear because my whole objective with that was to help people appreciate what they were seeing more by having a little bit more context and uh, learning those things that I felt I wasn't able to convey in the photographs. Yeah, yeah, d- definitely. And I, I think there's, there are some, there's some, there, there are so many beautiful images, but I, I really like, there was a couple of images. I think it was, some of some of the pairings are just absolutely beautiful where you've got just the the tones and the colors of the shapes of the leaves which i think really works nicely in amongst the the the, the large big tree woodland images so i'm interested how how did you approach each section each chapter when it came to sequencing was there was there a particular story that you were looking to tell through the, through your selection of images for each for each each, each chapter yeah Uh, Since I usually release my work in galleries, I'm very conscious of like visual flow. And so um, not only does there need to be visual flow, like in every scene individually in terms of the composition and everything, but when you release a body of work and you have a set of images together, they need to flow with one another as well. And so... um, a lot of it just came down to 
you know, every two pages, like how did I want those two pages to look with each image next to each other? Yeah. And then also like when you flip it, is it going to be something completely different or is it going to kind of continue on that idea to uh, enhance it even more and like build on that? Um, so I never really wanted it to be like too abrupt from one thing to the next. Okay, yeah. And so it was kind of like finding images that would show like a certain theme and, and then images that could bridge that theme to another theme and like kind of be a transition image. And so I kind of already was able to see that since I've been approaching photography that way for a while. And so that wasn't super difficult. Um, it kind of all flowed naturally, but I did have to shuffle them around a little bit <laughs> once I had them there to, uh, yeah, make sure that there weren't any kind of like abrupt transitions that felt strange because the subject matter was so different from one one image to the next. Yeah, well, that's as you say, and particularly in the likes of the woodlands, you can be one second, you can be in Argentina, and the next second you're you're in Iceland or you're you're somewhere in America, so you're getting very much different subject matter. But I think the the flow that you've got just works really well. It felt it felt a very smooth transition throughout, and. Um, as you as you say, you're you're going through very different areas of 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 the the, the country of the landscape, and um, but you really bring it together beautifully. One through the subject and the form, but also through through the tones as well. I think, and the it comes across in the print reproduction as well. I think it's been beautifully printed. Um, that really gets that really gets the colours and and the tones across so well. Thanks, man. That's great to hear, and. Uh... Yeah, the printing quality of it was super important to me just because um, I just wanted nature to be represented in the best way possible so that not only through my decisions as a photographer with composition and lighting and everything, but also the way that those images are portrayed on paper, that it would do it justice and people could really feel what it is that I feel about these places and that would come through because like I said my whole motivation with sharing my work is to share the love that I have for these places so that other people can yeah. also have that and we can work together to protect them yeah absolutely I, th I think your, your passion and your your knowledge for the and your emotion and connection with images comes across in the images and I think just the words at the start just add to that whole the, the aspect of uh yeah, con con conversation that that's what really brings it in and your your photographs are, are the nature and i think it's great and obviously you had uh, william and alex provided um introductions or or ver or essays at the start of it how important was it to get both of them to contribute something to it as well yeah that was super important because I had actually discovered William Neal's work not too long before I started working on the book and I bought a couple of his books and I was really inspired by both of his writing and his images. And yeah. I loved how his books looked and the flow and everything. And so I got a lot of inspiration from those and that got me like visualizing my own book. And so yeah. since he was, he, since he was so, you know, such a big part of that um, and making me want to make a book at that time. And I saw that he 
also um, liked my work because he had posted about it and shared some of my images with people and said nice things. I just thought I would try to reach out to him and see if he was up for it because it yep. just it kind of made sense to me. And so I figured I wouldn't lose anything by asking. And uh, it ended up being great. And I think it's such a great part of the book. And that's one of my favorite things to read whenever I pick it up. And I mean, since I released my book, I haven't looked at it too much because I kind of want to take a break from it and focus on my next project Absolutely. and, you know, kind of just have closure. I plan on looking at it more in the future, uh, you know, to reflect back on that time yeah. of my life. But when I do pick it up, a lot of the times what I'll read is the forward by William Neal and also the introduction by Alex Noriega. And yeah. Alex is just a great friend of mine. So I figured he was a you know, he's not only a great photographer, but he's somebody that knows me personally. And I figured that would be a great way to, you know, introduce myself as the author to people okay. besides just from my own words, but from somebody else's perspective that, that okay. knows me. Absolutely. I think it makes such a difference when it's someone who, who really, who really actually knows you that that comes across as opposed to just someone who's been asked to introduce you when you've got someone who knows you intimate and knows you really well um, you get that you get that that personal feel um, and yeah as you say Williams Williams uh, essay as well I think they just really set the scene for it for you then to introduce it with your own work I'm interested to know at, at what stage did you think that this or did did the book become a project for you because obviously you'd been shooting the work since 2014 I think I think it was so at what point and, and when did you think right I'm I'm ready to now make a book or I want to see this become more than just prints on the wall and and snaps online yeah so when I took all of those photographs that are in the book it never once crossed my mind like I'm photographing these to make a book with yeah so it really all happened in hindsight so Basically, I, I got to a certain point where I stopped getting rid of images as often because I felt like the quality of my work kind of reached a certain level where it became a little bit more timeless and I wasn't getting tired of my images yep. as quickly. And so I had this big collection of images that I was happy with. And I was continuing to make new work and I was just kind of thinking it'd be cool to encapsulate, you know, this time period of my photography because um, it has some nice variety because I was more into grand landscapes and wide angle scenes earlier on. And then now I'm like really heavily into intimate work, but it's kind of nice to have that variety, like you said, Definitely. that you enjoyed of the wider scenes plus the more intimate scenes to get a broader representation of places. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt like it was a nice collection to kind of honor and print as a book to kind of make that, um, you know, it's kind of this time capsule for Absolutely. people to see this era of my photography that I may not recreate at another time in my career. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, now I feel like I have a, a different mindset and I'm not producing the same kind of work, but that work is good enough to deserve to be shared in that way. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, it's that you're capturing and you're documenting a moment in time and all of our interests and what we become interested in as you change continuously. As you say, previously you were venturing all over the world, etc. Now you're very much focused on more of the local area, as everyone has been for the last two years because we've not been able to go anywhere. Um, so yeah, everyone's interest and everyone's 
ideas and inspirations change. So I, th I think it's great to be able to capture a moment in time um, and document it and document it so beautifully because who knows, in two or three years' time, as you say, you'll be working on new projects and you could be documenting them in an entirely different way that works really well for that for that project. Yeah, I just didn't really want that work to like get lost because I don't know if down the road it would make sense to include a lot of those images yeah. in a, a book I'll do then. So I kind of wanted to just like preserve that and print it and, you know, have it as this physical gallery that people can look at. And, you know, once you print something, it kind of becomes um, like stuff on the internet, you can put it up and take it down. But once you print something, it's in there forever. Even yeah. though like books can, you know, they'll biodegrade at some point. They won't last forever physically, but it is like kind of this, uh, you know, this, this, this thing that it's going to carry on for a lot longer, maybe even longer than yourself. Absolutely. Once it's printed, once it's bound, that's it there. The only way to change it is to tear picture, tear pages out of it. And it's probably not the best thing to be doing. Whereas, as you say, things online, they can come and go, but once it's fixed, it's fixed. The The sequence of the images is fixed. You have to look at them the same way every single time, but it, but it's great. It's such a, for me, it's such a far more enjoyable experience to pick a book up off my bookshelf, sit down with it with, with a drink, or even when I'm working on other work to be able to pull out books for just inspiration or ideas or see how someone has maybe treated a scene that might have some similarity or not. And it's far, far more enjoyable and you get, you can really just get drawn into it and, when you're looking through images, you stop and you think as opposed to when you're on Instagram and it's scroll, 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 and you're hoping for one that just like catches your attention for a nanosecond. You can put bits of paper in and bookmark it. And that's what I really enjoy about it. And it's it's also the fact that it takes a lot of takes a huge amount of time, effort, and commitment to producing a book. And some you you've clearly gone to so much effort to to produce this body of work in the order and in the way you want it to be presented. Yeah. Like you said, it's a completely different experience to see a photograph scrolling through social media yeah. and look at it for a few seconds on a tiny screen when you might be like outside with the sun hitting your phone and like not an ideal lighting rather than when you're holding a, a big book, you're kind of, um, like you can't really like do it while you're driving. You can't really do it like in any kind of scenario. You kind of got to sit down, like, like it forces you to sit and look at it and spend more time with it. It's, it's a completely different experience. And so even though I had released all of those image, images publicly before, I felt like it would still be this novel experience by seeing them printed in a book. And I felt like they were meaningful enough to me to deserve that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it it is such a different experience seeing seeing stuff on paper, and, and seeing them. But also, it's seeing them presented in the way that the the author wishes them to be presented in, as opposed to when you're looking at them online, you could be looking at them in any order. And okay, you could look them in any order. But I always am of the view that images, generally speaking, there there is a reason to to look at things in a certain order because someone has either sought them to be in that order, paired them up in that order for whatever the reason is, the relationship between the two images, it might be an emotional relationship for the author, but it could be a 
a physical, a form, a tonal relationship for the viewer. I think these things are all very important to 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 accept and consider as well. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you can really influence um, the way people feel about a set of images by the way that you order them and everything. And so that's something that you definitely need to take into account. It needs to be a deliberate yeah. choice from you. Yeah. And you obviously, you, met, you mentioned that you started with quite a few images. How, how was the challenge of uh, getting it from your original set of images down to what was, what was in the final book? Was it uh, an enjoyable process or a challenging process? I'm sure probably a mix of both at various times. So when I was the portion of producing the book that was like all up to me, like yep. me organizing stuff, choosing the images, doing the writing, that was actually all really enjoyable. And there wasn't too much hair pulling or anything like that. Um, <laughs> it kind of just all happened naturally, which is why I, I did it and I continued to do it because um, I wasn't planning on doing a book at that time. Like I said, like I didn't photograph for it all those images like yeah for a book or anything that wasn't my intention with them I was just taking pictures but it just kind of formed on its own and the words started coming as I would look at these images together and it just all happened very organically and I didn't really have to stress over it or try super hard so I figured it was something that maybe needed to come into existence and it was good timing for it um because I wasn't having to force it too much. And that's always yeah. a good sign for me. Whenever you're trying to force something, that's usually when I stop and reflect and question if I should really be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, very good. And, and has, it, has, has the book form or the form of a book changed or do you think it will change your approach to how you maybe think about projects in terms of potential outputs for other projects in the future? Is it something that would, would be of interest to you? I'd imagine so. Well, when I started making this book, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to show and say everything that I carry with me yep. in, in this thing, in just 168 pages. <laughs> so that was another thing that made it less stressful, knowing that this wouldn't be the only book that I'll make and that there will be an opportunity to say more things and show more things down the road. So for the most part, it was a great experience. I don't know if you listened to my interview with Alistair Ben, where I talked about the actual production of the book when I was working with the first publisher and how many things went wrong and how that just ended up being a complete disaster. And that was really stressful, but I enjoyed doing this so much otherwise that, yeah, I definitely want to make another book down the road. And so I'm, I'm becoming more, I guess, focused on that because now I am taking photographs with the intention of putting, releasing them in a book. So I'm not releasing them online first. So nice. it'll be mostly new photographs in my next book. Yeah. And that's cool too, having that approach where last time it was backwards and now it's kind of shooting first and then yeah. creating the book with that, um, you know, having the book kind of already in my mind and yeah. having that vision beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, also you've got the experiences you've you've had from doing the first book, and even though yes, the 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 actual printing experience was maybe not 
great uh, first time round. Everyone learns from these experiences and, and you, you then can take that knowledge and the experience you've had from the first time to feed into the second one um, and from the second one into the third one and so on and so on and so on. But yeah, it's it's interesting. It's all to hear how you're 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 now I suppose going out not necessarily all the time but you're going out shooting photographing for your project but you've got in the back of your mind you're you're all you're maybe already pre-visualizing not the shot but how it might work in the book and in the printed form and I, th- I think that's really very interesting to to hear yeah and I learned that making books really fits with my style as a photographer it's uh it's something that comes naturally for me and it's just like it suits the way that I think very well and the way that I approach photography very well. And like now everything is, you know, becoming more and more digital. Like a lot of people are selling work as NFTs. So um, producing things physically is kind of going out of style, but I think it's really cool to always kind of preserve those kinds of arts because I think just holding a book in your hands as opposed to looking at an ebook or looking at images on a computer screen, it's just such a different experience. And I think it's worth continuing that going forward. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. PDFs do not compare to a physical book. There's, there's, there's no comparison. It's, it's night and day. Um, but also I, th- I think when you're shooting, for when you're when you're producing work with a book in mind there's even more focus and attention has been paid to how how that has been sequenced or how that has been shot because you're going out kind of imagining and, and focused on right okay i'm you're maybe looking for a particular shot for a particular sequence to or to match up with something you've already shot so i think there's even more attention has been paid to how it's been how the body of work has been compiled yeah and that inevitably happens but i'm trying to avoid that because my work has always been spontaneous and especially over the last few years i really go out to i really just go out in nature because i want to be in nature and photography just happens on its own not because of any kind of preconceived notion or plan that i have ahead of time so when you start doing a layout and putting the images that you have so far in a book, yeah, that can make you think, okay, it'd be great to have this kind of image to complement this one. But then you're going to be trying to find images in the field that exist in your mind, which might not exist in nature. And that's where things start becoming forced. And instead of photographing things because it naturally called your attention in the moment, you're trying to like find things and fit them into a certain box of what you're looking for. So I'm trying to avoid that as well, but I think that's also a good practice because it's just making me even more mindful about yeah. the things I photograph and that the book might take a different shape than what I expect. And that's okay. And I think Absolutely. that's cool. And that could be a, a pleasant surprise, you know? So I'm trying to stay open minded and not be super rigid with, um, you know, the layout of the book and things yeah. and, and kind of, yeah. search for and hunt for specific images to fit within that i'd rather have it just form organically again but yeah yeah, inevitably that does happen 
yeah, I, th- I think it's, I think it's only human nature that these things do happen, and you can resist mm-hmm. as much as possible. But um, I think it's these things are just always in the back of your mind, subconsciously or not. Um, but and and you, I, I'm assuming that you probably look to include some writing in future work as well, if if it if it's if it's appropriate for it, because I think your as I've said before, I think your essays really add something to it, and I know some people include text, some people don't include any text, and it's for me it's there's there's no right or wrong way it's whatever for me it's whatever works with the body of work and um, but i think for 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 your work here i think it really it just it adds that different element to it um, and and really holds and draws my attention particularly in relation to i suppose even more so the canyons because there's not many canyons in scotland to be perfectly honest and um, so it's not something you you naturally i, na- I naturally come across yeah that that's something that can be difficult as a writer because a lot of the times when you write about experiences you have it can feel kind of obvious like why am i even saying this if everybody already knows this but really you're just projecting your own knowledge and experiences on others and a lot of the like you just kind of have to write about places um saying what you want to say and also pretending like you're explaining explaining it to somebody that's never been there before because most people even if they have been there they haven't had the same they haven't had the same experience as you so i think it's important to never make assumptions about your readers and uh just kind of put everything in there that comes to you and, and as you say even if they won't have had the same experiences and it and it sets the scene for your for the, for the images because you're outlaying your emotional and, and your connection to the place, which then which then follows with the, the images. So you, the two go hand in hand, even even if you know the location inside out. Well, and when it comes to nature, you have to think about maybe people reading this fifty years from now yeah. won't know about this place because it doesn't exist it's, anymore. Sadly. Yeah. So that's something else you need to consider. Maybe right now it seems very obvious, but like I said, with a book, a lot of the times, you know, they can be, they can exist for several hundred years and people might be reading this book after I'm dead and gone. And some of these places that I photographed no longer exist either. So how great would it be for them to have more information about it as opposed to, you know, just saying a few things. Well, absolutely. You, you've, you obviously there's. If you think about even just the glaciers, where how how far they've receded and melted away in recent years, as you say, in the last thirty years, it's huge amounts. Think what it'll be like in the next thirty years, and someone reading this, reading your words, looking at the images, they'll be thinking, "Well, I've never experienced anything like that because it's not existed since I've been since I've been around." So yeah, I think I think it's wonderful, and it it also goes back to the whole point that it, you're capturing a moment in time all the images are a moment in time based on the, the, the current the current world state um, and in 20 30 years time everything will have changed and there'll be a new body of work out there that represents what it is in that given time so yeah it's brilliant i, I can only highly recommend the book to to anyone i, I think it's uh, yeah fantastic really really nice uh, a really nice size as well the images have got plenty of space to breathe and actually you can appreciate the images um, and the detail in them as well, which again, I, I think uh, I just really enjoy. Uh, so 
Thanks very much. But uh, I don't, uh, I'm always interested to know what other photo books inspire other or my guests. So I'd be great if you could share maybe a selection of your of your favorite photo books from your bookshelf. And it's always really great to, to get someone from outside the UK because your your exposure is naturally to different photographers from different backgrounds. So um, I'm quite fascinated to hear what your what your selection are selection is. So uh, it's obviously, as you can understand, it's difficult to narrow it down to just a few. Like every book that I have on my shelf merits being there. It's supposed um, to be difficult. But one of the, I think it was the first photography book I ever saw that really blew me away was Genesis by Sebastián Salgado, which I'm sure you own. I don't own it, but it's been recommended to me. It's several times. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's a really amazing book, both uh, with the photography and also everything you wrote about it. It's like a 10-year project he did, just photographing nature in all different parts of the world. Yeah. And that book just blew me away. It's it's large. It has a lot of images. Um, they're all just very big lots of spreads and it's just like a very epic amazing book and it's all black and white which i don't hardly ever practice myself so it's really cool to see great black and white images since i never really feel like my own work well in that way so yeah. that's that's really nice as well cool i'll need to take another look at that book <laughs> another book that i picked up earlier this year um, not too long ago was within the stone by bill atkinson and it doesn't have very much writing but the imagery in it is amazing especially if you enjoy abstract images um it was recommended to me by my friends sarah marino and ron cuscarosa they had a copy at their house when i was hanging out with them and as soon as i saw it i knew i needed to buy it for myself because it's one of those books where you can just stare at a lot of the images for hours and hours and you'll still never figure out what it is you're looking at in a lot of them and uh that one really gave me a lot of inspiration to see things less literally and think more abstractly and uh yeah that one was really enjoyable to look through cool i'll, I'll take a look at that one but yeah i i agree I, I really love a book whereby i'm looking at something and i'm really I really have no clue what i'm looking at or what I, what I think i'm looking at bears no resemblance to what I am actually looking at and it just makes your mind think it makes your mind question. And I think, yeah, it's a one, it's a wonderful thing that. Yeah. Without giving too much away, it's basically all just very extreme macro photography. Like right. a lot of it is like five X, eight X, even like 16 X. And cool. so I had never really, you know, considered photographing things at that scale before. Like I own a macro lens, but it's just like one X. So uh, I never really like thought about going beyond that and it's, what I could find if I did that. And so this just totally opened up a whole, uh, you know, whole new type of photography for me. Yeah. Excellent. Sounds good. Um, I love Guy Tall's books. Like all of his writing and photography are amazing. I feel like most people probably own these, but More Than a Rock and Another Day Not Wasted are both really great. And I highly recommend both of those 
uh, the writing in them is amazing and his photography is just one of a kind and yeah. he's super, super influential for me. Cool. Very good. Excellent. Yeah. I've, I've, I've I don't have any of his books, but uh, they're on a wish list. Unfortunately, my wish list, my wish list of books is somewhat extensive and something will get near the top and then something else comes along and everything gets moved down a wee bit. But uh but even though you can't own every book, you can still, what I enjoy is hearing different names and different photographers because it still allows me to go and explore them and it opens your mind up to, to different ideas and different ways of working and different approaches, which, which I think is all which I think is all great and as we all develop. Well, I'm glad that uh, you got my book then and it didn't end up at the bottom of your list. What, what was it that made you want to order my book? What made me want to order your book? Um, I really was interested to about the whole conservation aspect of it as well. The the combination of your your enthusiasm, your passion for conservation, but also just the, just the work. I'd followed your work online for quite some time. Um, the images and I just thought they were they were they were beautiful. Um, but they were paired up. They worked so well together in terms of as sets as a whole body of work. But then just the combination between big vista landscapes, but also the, the wonderful intimate, in, intimate combinations and intimate shots that you've got. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just the whole the whole package of actually a story behind the behind landscape photography as opposed to just a book of landscape photographs. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and when you got it and held it in your hands and looked through it, did it exceed your expectations or? Yes, it exceeded my expectations because it was it was beautifully produced beautifully printed and you always expect things to be beautifully produced and beautifully printed but until you get them in your hand you're never quite sure um but when you're looking through it and you see the detail and you see the tonality in in the shots it just works so well and when you then actually see when you're when you're looking through a book and you're looking through and you see the parents and you can see them on screen and that's one thing but when you actually see them and you just see how well they work together that's when you just stop and you just take in the photographs and and that's that's when you know that something's worked when you can just go through and um, let me just I think it was one of the ones with the it was the combination of it was more leaves which for whatever reason I seem to be drawn but I think it was maybe in the winter section This is whenever you're looking for whenever you're looking for a picture, you can never find it. those ones there. I just I just thought that the combination and contrast of the blacks and the whites just worked so well. Um, and it's it's the same throughout the um, the glaciers as well. When you've got some of the images of there, just of the details that you're not quite sure what the scale is of what you're looking at or exactly what it is you're looking at, but it makes you stop and makes you think. And combined with the aces that you've written as well. That, that, that adds a different element to it from your maybe more traditional landscape body of work. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad, glad you appreciate those things because, you know, you, you put a lot of thought into something and then you're never sure if other people are going to even <laughs> consider those same things, you know, or even notice it. So it's great when you hear people like you uh, noticing those kind of nuanced things and, yeah, well, that, that's it. As you say, you've, you've spent a lot of time 
uh, a lot of time, blood, sweat and tears, I'd imagine, thinking about these these small things that are important to you that you want to get to come across in the book. Um, so actually, when you can hear that people can understand, can see those things, that, that must be incredible rewarding really pleasing as well just to just to know that actually people are, are getting the message that i'm wanting to to put across to them um, and for me yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful really wonderful book and i love the cover as well i think it's uh, really nice um but yeah and have you got any other book suggestions or was was guy tao the, the last one so one more i'll recommend was one that i bought I think last year, which is born to ice by Paul Nicklin. And I just saw it like on sale on Amazon. So I bought it because originally it was pretty pricey. Um, I knew it would be great because I love his work, but I was like blown away by it. Just, it's a huge book again, a lot like Genesis. And so seeing those images printed, being able to look at them up close, like these scenes in Antarctica and stuff where there's like thousands of penguins and you can see every individual one instead of on Instagram where it kind of just all bleeds together. It's really profound. And I really love that book. So I would really recommend that one too. Yeah. We, I, I run as part of Biblioscapes. I run an online book club every month. So we have people join from all over the world and um, we have, I, asked for people to present books based on a particular theme topic or subject or whatever it was and yeah a couple of months ago someone presented born to ice and it was it's an absolute beast of a book but again it just looked absolutely breathtaking some of the photographs and you're you're right you see a million penguins on a instagram on your phone and you're lucky if you can make out pingu but when you see it when you see it printed you can actually spend the time just looking at the detail and yeah, it's again, that's another book that's uh, on the wish list, but the wish list never seems to get any smaller, or never seems to get bigger, particularly when you get book recommendations every week and, and suggested to you. So um, it's it's always a, a challenge of picking the ones that uh, that you th- you think are, are, are the ones that you're most interested in, because um, it'd be great to be able to own every book. Um, but you can't, you can only have so many, but at the same time, the different names that's that's what's great it's just taking inspiration and exploring their work and that then leads to other photographers and you have no idea the garden path that you end up going down yeah and i don't know if you've noticed this but in the last year or so a lot of contemporary photographers have been making books now and uh i think it's awesome to see a lot of my peers coming coming out with books as well and not just solely following the trend of technology and just doing purely digital things, which, you know, have zero cost. So they're a lot easier to do. They're a lot quicker. You don't need to produce them. You just make it, upload it and people can buy it. It's cool to see people putting in the extra work to continue to practice the art of book book making. And I think it's definitely worth it. And so any photographer that is serious about it, I think they should make at least one book. And it's cool to see that a lot of other people think the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think now um, with a lot of the, maybe the more, not so much print on demand, but the, the self print options, particularly in the UK, there's a lot of good options. It allows people to produce even just a, a wee zine or something like that as, a, as for a small body work for 15, 20 images or something like that. 
and it, it's great even just if people are doing that because it allows people to get their world their work out into the world in printed form that again okay it's it's maybe smaller scale from a big hardback book but you're still going through the same process of having to collect your work curate your work get it ready for print still you're still looking for excellent print quality but I think it's great to, see, to be able to see people being able to do this and more and more people that I think as you say are beginning to print, print work produce work handmade books as well I think there's a there's a whole world there that you can go into producing something that's really quite unique and I've certainly seen one or two people who maybe do a a, a, a traditionally printed run of so many and then they'll do a, a smaller series of maybe more handmade or something just unique that adds just a wee bit of different edge to it so um i think there's a yeah it's a i think there's a lot of interest in it and i think they'll, con they'll continue to be yeah and what it came down to me i think like i mentioned before my whole motivation with making a book was to portray nature in the best way possible so okay. it wasn't about trying to do the you know the best route to make a bunch of money or anything like that, that was really secondary. And my primary motivation was just representing nature in the best way possible. And I feel like that experience of slowing down and feeling the pages with your fingers and looking at the images laid out in that order and everything and printed, it's just, it doesn't get better than that. So I feel like as landscape photographers that care about nature, it's definitely something that is worth doing. Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with you at all. Um, and I know we were obviously talking about beforehand. So you're based in uh, you're based in obviously Utah. So shipping over to the UK is uh, or anywhere for that matter is somewhat costly these days. Um, but certainly the way I got your book was uh, Tim Parkin arranged, and I think it was five or six books. I think it was works out at kind of like the most. Uh, or a, a very cost-effective way. So I know certainly you'd said there'd been a few people who maybe ex who had expressed interest from this side of the pond. Uh, so if there are any anyone who's listening who is interested in a copy of um, of Eric's book, then if you want to drop me an email um, or go through the Bibliotheque's website and send me a message, then if there's a group of people, then I'll maybe try and get in touch with everyone and either arrange a shipping across or put you all in touch with each other and you can arrange a shipment from Eric over as well, because um, I'm sure there's plenty of people who want to want to get Eric's book. Um, but yeah, as you say, the, the shipping costs are prohibitively expensive, unfortunately, but uh, far more reasonable if it's five or six people splitting down the cost. Yeah, I appreciate that, Ewan. And if there's anybody internationally that already knows five or six people that want a book, they can just reach out to me uh, they can shoot me an email and I can create an order for that. So you can save on shipping, just yep. having them all in one single order. Cause yeah, I can ship about six books in a box without risking them getting damaged because if it's too heavy, it's obviously more likely to get kicked around or yep. if people can't carry it, it'll get messed up. So that's, that's a pretty good order size, five or six books cool. to get the best, uh, best best price on shipping and save the most as possible without the books getting damaged in transit yeah cool well anyway I'll, I'll certainly circulate details through the website and stuff like that and if people come in then um, I, I can either 
put them in touch with each other or I can put them in touch with you and maybe there's there's whatever the easiest way is we can certainly work something out because uh, yeah hopefully more people are able to get a copy of your book over the side of the water because it's a it's a great body of work thanks a lot you and I really appreciate it glad that you're enjoying it I am indeed and I'll be spending a lot more time with it as well um uh, but uh, on that note, Eric, it really just leaves me to say thank you very much for your time today. It's It's been a pleasure chatting to you. Um, it really has been enjoyable to to hear about your your approach to it and, and the reasonings behind your book as well. Um, and just to be able to discuss some of your work as well, because I think it's uh, beautifully produced. And I look forward to following your work and seeing what your next big project is. Thanks a lot, Ewan. Would you mind if I just read a short excerpt from the uh, prologue of my book nope, real quick? Absolutely. Nope. Perfect. Fire on. For Seems people good. that might yep. want more of an idea. Yep. Excellent. So this is from the prologue that I wrote uh, that goes before seeing any of the images or anything. Kind of a separate thing just to give context behind it. During my travels, I've become acutely aware of the new challenges our planet is facing due to the exponential growth of civilization and industry. As a result, my motivation to travel and explore the world has shifted toward a whole new focus. With mining, logging, fracking, and drilling taking place at unprecedented rates, it's obvious we are using more resources than our planet can sustain. Sadly, Many places that were once wild and beautiful have been damaged or developed out of existence. As a result, the few wild places that are still left where one can experience nature in its pure, wild, and unaltered state are becoming more and more precious. Through photography, my aim is to capture and share images that convey the true value of wild places all over the world, a value not determined by the resources we can extract, but by the singular experiences these places offer us as humans. Where else but in a virgin forest can we hear the soothing song of birds as we inhale clean, fresh air? Where else but in the vast, open nothingness of a desert can we find space, stillness, and silence? Where else can we go to bask in our own insignificance than at the base of enormous mountains that rise up to greet the sky? And what better place to admire pure, glowing light and extraordinary arrays of hues than from within the walls of a secluded canyon? In their pure and natural states, these places hold a far greater value than anything we will ever invent or build. But once they have been altered, defaced, or destroyed, we can never get them back. Like many great conservationists before us, such as John Muir and Edward Abbey, I strongly believe that being outside in wild nature is not merely a luxury or pleasant experience. It is a necessity of the human spirit. It is crucial that we protect and preserve these sacred places now and for generations to come. Perfect. Yeah, can't be any. So that's what the book's that. about. That's it. Some sums it up, but uh, yeah, really beautifully well written, um, and yeah, beautiful body of work. And uh, thank you very much, Eric. It's been a been a real pleasure chatting to you today. Likewise, you and I appreciate it. Cheers.